Welcome to the West Elk Word, community affairs for the Gunnison Valley, here on KBUT Community Radio for the Gunnison Valley. I'm your host, Chad Rich. Today we're discussing cancer care services and limitations in the county with Chuck Turner, RN, who is the Oncology Department Director at Gunnison Valley Hospital. But first we'll hear from Lacey Wright, who is fighting cancer and has to travel to Denver on a very regular basis to receive treatment. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This hour of programming is underwritten by the Public Policy Forum of Crested Butte, bringing speakers to discuss local, national, and international issues on Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. at the Center for the Arts. CrestedButteForum.org for a full list of speakers and topics. Lacey Wright has lived in the Gunnison Valley since 2004. She was diagnosed with endometrial cancer in February of 2017. Endometrial cancer is a specific form of ovarian cancer. The cancer was discovered at the Gunnison Hospital after several months of testing. The cancer was treated at the Anschutz Medical Campus at the University of Colorado campus in Aurora. Lacey, take us back to when you first thought something was wrong. Tell us how you were feeling, what you went through, and how cancer was ultimately discovered inside you. I, I was working an office job that required uh, I be at the at the desk for long hours of the day, and I just kind of noticed an increasing discomfort, and I was taking a lot of Advil all day long, and it just wasn't kind of feeling normal, even despite all the time at the desk. So I ultimately just decided something wasn't right and I needed to start having it looked at. So I went down to Gunnison Hospital uh, because I really didn't have a primary care physician at that time that I was seeing. You know, I consider myself a fairly active, healthy person, so I I didn't really um, require hospital visits that that frequently. And that's kind of when we started testing. And, you know, without really having a, a doctor to go to, I called the hospital and they had set me up with the local clinic and that's kind of where we started the testing. So this was happening in Gunnison, but soon you realized that you needed to go to Denver for the care you needed. Can you talk about that decision and how that was made? Sure. Yeah, it was definitely, you know, to jump back a little bit, you know, I I started feeling like something was not quite right kind of all through the summer of of, uh, 2016. And in the fall of 2016, I started a series of testing at the Gunnison Hospital. So over the next several months, starting in October, November, December, into January of 2017, um, I was doing my testing at Gunnison Hospital. I received my initial diagnosis in February of 2017. And at that point, after months of kind of um, inconclusive testing, once we had the cancer diagnosis, at that point, I was referred pretty promptly out to Anschutz, and that's really where I've been receiving my treatment since. But you've got a family, you had a job here in Crested Butte, you've since uh, left that position and started your own company. Mm -hmm. Um, Friends, your whole life is Mm -hmm. in the Gunnison Valley, so you're going to have to travel for for this care that you need. Can you talk about what it's like to have to travel, find lodging, and, and to take time away from work and family as you're going through treatment. Yeah, it's um, it's it's scary. It's exhausting. Um, it's uh, intimidating. You know, I've got a, a huge resource. Probably, I would 
I think more than than a lot of people that have to do this. But I've got uh, a brother-in-law in Denver. I've got two good college friends in Denver and a good high school friend in Denver. But when you're talking about going every three weeks for a year and a half, you know, you don't want to impose too much. And, um, and ultimately, you kind of want your own space. And it's hard to be up there that frequently and, and in a lot of ways have to have a lot of the resources of home, which isn't home in any stretch of the <laughs> imagination. So yeah, at some point it's, it is exhausting, you know, to not sleep in your own bed and, um, and to bounce around a little bit and kind of spread it around. So you're not overly exhausting any one of your resources. And, and certainly, you know, I did, uh, seven weeks of radiation there. And at that time I did, I got the VRBO in Denver uh, because it was Monday through Friday every day, and I'd come home on the weekends, so I could be with the kids and family. But um, it was exhausting for everyone, and and my husband and the kids particularly, because he was trying to maintain a home environment while I was gone, and I'm trying to recreate a home environment and get treatment and and everything else. And it was uh, an immense balance and and juggling. You know, what effect did you see being gone having on your family and your kids? Well, you know, I definitely, you know, I even reached out to the school when I knew I was going into it. I I said from the get-go, I'm concerned that they're going to struggle with stuff. They're going to, their routine's going to be off. Mom, a major part of the family unit is gone. And I don't know how they're going to process it. I don't know how they're going to stay up on their homework and, or, eat good meals, you know, not that Rob is not competent, but it's a strain for one parent. And then you have that emotional weight of everything, you know, the medical uncertainty on top of it. So we've had an immense amount of resources and people have been amazing with helping to, you know, keep that extra eye on the kids and make sure and check in with them and see how they're doing and take them out to the movies and, you know, give good distraction for them. But it's, you know, not normal. And, you know, my kids are nine and seven now. So they're old enough to know that something's not right and, and have that concern. So, um, you know, I think we've all learned a ton through it all. Um, I think we've remained as positive as possible and, and had a, a huge amount of support, but it's certainly exhausting and takes its toll. Sure. Though I, I think the one thing that we need to recognize is that you're here right now and you're not dead. Ab- so Absolutely. I mean, that's obviously uh, the preferred um, uh, option uh, and scenario. And and I do. I felt, you know, I've had my moments, my ups and downs where I felt exhausted or tired. And, and I've tried to respect that. And the kids, you know, see that and they know when I need to rest more. And when I'm overdoing it, um, but uh, obviously I'd, I'd, I'd endure that, you know, 10 times out of 10 over the alternative. So this is one of those situations where we use the phrase a lot around here, but it really does take a village. Absolutely. I mean, I, to be honest, that's, that's been so inspirational and the amount of growth, support and love. I mean, we've all grown so much and we've all learned so much and I couldn't imagine how people do this in any other community because we've been so fortunate, the amount of support that we've received, whether or not it's just been in, you know, people picking up the phone or calling or texting or writing letters, um, dropping off meals. Like I said, taking the kids out for a bike ride to burn off some energy and get them distracted. It's, uh, it's been completely overwhelming and we're 
so grateful that we're experiencing this in this community. So, Well, the cancer went away, as we mentioned, but it came back rather aggressively within a three-month period. Like we said, you underwent another round of treatment that required you to go back to Denver, and that was for the seven weeks of radiation treatment we talked about in round two. Mm-hmm. Um, and currently, you're not in remission. You're technically living with cancer, Mm -hmm. even though right now it's shrinking. Mm -hmm. Tell us what your life looks like in the next couple months or a year. You know, it's certainly, uh, there's a huge unknown. And that's part, I guess, of living with cancer is you always have that doubt in your mind. And every little thing that comes up, you start to wonder, like, what is this? What is it I'm feeling? Do I just have a cold? Or is my immune system completely out of whack? You know, I guess it's it's living with uncertainty and being having some level of uh, comfort and acceptance of that. Um, yeah, uh, my latest scan was promising. It does seem to be shrinking, but you never know. I mean, it's definitely been uh, it's shown itself to be quite aggressive in the last year and a half. But you get to a point where you've got to live your life and you got to move on and you got to make the most of it. So. I feel great now. It's summertime in Crested Butte. I mean, I'm, I'm biking as much as I can tolerate. I'm getting out with the kids, hiking, and I'm just enjoying being here. And I worry about things when I need to worry about them. But for now, I'm rolling through treatment, and I'll continue doing so through the next year. What would you say to someone who might just be entering rounds of cancer treatment? They live in Gunnison County, and they've got to do extensive travel and take time off work. Basically, what would you say to someone who's gone, who's about to go through what you've been going Mm -hmm. through? I mean, I think uh, first and foremost, um, you have to be an advocate for your own health. You have to know when something's wrong and what's working and not. Um, I felt like I had to be very persistent with getting the diagnosis I ultimately got. Um, So be an advocate for yourself. Positivity is huge. It's I know it's hard and it's scary, but... um, negativity will not serve you well. And um, ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. I found so many people want to do it. They just don't know how. Um, So take them up on it. If someone offers, you know, to take the kids two months later, be like, you know what? I'm going to call that person. I'm going to text them. Like, they want to help. And if you ask, they are so willing to do it. They just don't know how. So, and if they can't do it, ask someone else or ask them again and um and don't be afraid to to utilize the the community and the resources that people want to give like we said takes a village well Lacey, good luck we are all rooting for you thank you so much support for kbut is brought to you by townie books and rumors coffee and tea house serving allegro organic coffee and fine loose leaf teas townie books stocks new books and can special order anything drink coffee Read books. Fight evil. This is the West Elk Word here on KBUT, community radio for the Gunnison Valley. I'm Chad Rich. We just heard from Lacey Wright, who is fighting endometrial cancer here in the Gunnison Valley. She regularly travels to the Anschutz Center in Aurora for specialized treatment. Cancer care has improved dramatically over the past decade in Gunnison County. To learn more, we're joined by Chuck Turner with the Oncology Department at Gunnison Valley Hospital. We spoke last week in his office. 
Chuck cancer comes in many forms and affects people of every ethnicity, background, and socioeconomic status. Most communities in western Colorado are quite isolated and are typically a long distance from one another, which makes multiple types of cancer care difficult to make available in each area. Can you talk about the challenges that other rural hospitals and Gunnison in western Colorado are faced with in terms of cancer care? Do certain hospitals have different types of care from institution to institution? Is it possible to provide everything in one area in rural, in rural Colorado? I guess the, the short answer to provide everything in a rural setting is typically not possible. Um, you have to have a big enough population base to support certain services. So for instance, here in Gunnison, we do not do radiation therapy yet. Um, we just don't have enough people to support a system like that. It is, it, it's very expensive. There's a lot of expensive equipment. You have to have specialized physicians, um, specialized techs, and to keep them busy all the time, you have to have that big population base. So I, I think that's one of the struggles that you'll see in rural uh, settings. Uh, most of our patients, for instance, um, we can give chemotherapy here, um, biotherapies, I've given drugs that have been approved by the FDA and have been out for literally a month or so, and we can provide that here. Other services, surgical, we have, we can do quite a bit of the surgeries, but if they're really involved and very intense and we expect somebody to go to an ICU afterwards, be cared for by intensivists, we don't have that either. And you're gonna run into that with any small hospital that you go to. So the larger the population, the more services they're going to have. So partnering with somebody like the University of Colorado, which we're slowly trying and we back up just a little bit, we've, we've talked to them in the past about kind of partnering with them. And I hope to kind of build that relationship so that we can kind of fall back on them when we need a little more of or a lot more of somebody who's a specialist or special equipment. Chuck, do certain hospitals in western Colorado and rural Colorado have different types of care from institution to institution. Are you familiar with what is offered in Montrose, Grand Junction, and maybe Durango? So it's gonna be a matter of what, what, what services you have available is gonna be based again, what is the needs of your community and how many people you have. So Montrose has radiation therapy. I actually used to work there many years ago and started up that, that cancer center there. We provided radiation, but they have the population base. So a lot of our people that need radiation are still traveling to Montrose or actually over to Glenwood Springs. Um, that they have a program where people can stay and they provide housing and food and other resources, um, but they have that population base. Um, other than that, um, the majority of the chemotherapy we can do here, there's other um, uh, more radiation type and planting seeds and things like that that need to be done elsewhere. Um, you're you're going to get physicians that will specialize in one particular cancer. So we have a generalist. She can treat everything, but you want somebody just really specialized, then you've got to go to somebody where you're going to get that population base coming in. Research would be another thing. A lot of research protocols out there. Majority of those protocols are done at the bigger universities. So University of Colorado, Mayo Clinic, MD Anderson, so on and so forth. Would you say the big challenge with providing different types of care is funding, money? 
Well, yeah. I mean, if we had unlimited resources and we had time for people just to sit around and wait for somebody to show up, then we could provide anything we wanted to here. So uh, if we somebody walked in and said, hey, I've got a billion dollars to spend and we're going to build you a center, we're going to house everybody in that same area, um, and then you wait for people to come, uh, absolutely, that could be done here, but you just don't have enough people um, th th to keep everybody busy. Where does the funding come from for um, oncology wings and rural hospitals? How do you get the money to to have the services you do have? This particular area that I'm in, we was like, I think 2012 is when we did our expansion on the hospital. And you can edit that out because I'm not great with the dates. Um, but we expanded the hospital. This used to be radiation, or I'm um, sorry, radiology. So this is where a CT scan actually sat, and then we did x-rays over there and mammographies. And when we remodeled, we needed more room. So the, that moved to the other side of the building, and then we remodeled this. That all came from our funding from the hospital. There was some donations from the Gunnison Valley Hospital Foundation, some placards out there. The chairs were all done um, at a the uh, Taste of Caring. They went up for the Taste of Caring and said, hey, we're building a new oncology center. We need some donations. And they asked me, I said, we need some nice chairs because people will sit here for eight hours or more. And so those chairs were donated very nice. Other resources that we've got, Tough Enough to Wear Pink. Uh, I don't know if you saw the sign out there. They donated $370,000 um, to get 3D mammography for more preventative services. Uh, Living Journeys helps our patients a lot with other funding when they're diagnosed. So to build something like this, um, it's going to come from community, it's going to come from the hospital itself, and other, some other private donors. So that's unlikely to happen in the next couple years at least, unless a miracle happens. Well, and I, th I think you have to look at our needs. I've got five chairs, I do fill them quite often, but as we expand our services, we will look at expanding. We are in the process of kind of reevaluating the whole hospital system and doing a master plan, and that's one of the projects that I have is say, what do I need? How much more room do I need? What other service do I, I look at in the future? Things like um, uh, just a, a better lobby, a more private lobby. Telemedicine is something I'd really like to push for so we could have more room set up for telemedicine. What's telemedicine? So telemedicine would be, I put you in the room and we need to get a consult from a specialist and we get you on like a, uh, that, that camera up there and get the computer and the docs on the other end and there you go. So um, I guess short sort of thing would be FaceTime. Chuck, do people battling certain types of cancer travel to Gunnison from other counties in Western Colorado for our services? So um, other counties, I've had a few. Um, but since we are so far away, not a lot from other counties. I've had some come up from Swatch um, before. Um, ranchers and things that have some cattle and things up here have come over here for treatments. Um, but we service um, Lake City, Powderhorn, Crested Buttes, you know, Gunnison, this whole big area right here. So not from a lot of other counties. We do, especially in the summertime, get people from out of state. I've got people from Florida, California, um, Texas, Oklahoma, that are a lot of second homeowners, and I do treat them here for cancer. 
but we do know that people in Gunnison County often have to travel out of this area for treatment. So wh what do we know about that? What is your experience with uh, someone be being maybe diagnosed who lives here and having to go to some of these larger centers? It's, it's hard for them. Financially, you, if, if you have a, uh, somebody who's working and is making the money for the, the, the family, they're away from work. You've got travel expenses. You've got hotel expenses. You're eating out all the time. Um, not let, let alone what the treatment itself does to you. Um, Betsy, who's our oncology nurse navigator, um, actually just went to a conference, and one of the lectures she went to was how to best combat the financial toxicities associated with cancer diagnosis. And unfortunately, in a rural area, you do travel. So our, our biggest thing I think people are traveling for is radiation. Uh, other than that, the chemotherapies, the biotherapies, we can do here. There's other ones, neurosurgery, they're going to be traveling. Great. So if you could summarize to some degree the limitations of uh, the hospital here, what, what would you say? I would say it's going to be based on need. And so what our needs are, we can try to best meet them. But when you have somebody coming through with a particular diagnosis, and it's one that you're going to see every five years, it's, it's something that if we can't treat here, that's what's going to limit us to what we can do. If we've got 100 people coming through, we will address that service and we'll get the people what they need. Uh, it's, it's a matter of uh, just the volumes that, that you see here. We see a lot of different cancer types here, all kinds. And I can treat all the chemotherapy, biotherapy, infusions. Uh, we draw all kinds of different labs. We, do, we have uh, almost a telemedicine where somebody gets on, again, the computer and you're looking at them and we do genetic counseling. We've got some of the new things that we're trying to bring in, um, thanks to Tough Enough Door Pink, again, the 3D mammography. We just started doing PET scans here. Um, and PET scans started last week where people were having to travel to go get that done. And we can get it done here now. I haven't figured out how to ask this question with, uh, with kindness, but I, okay. I'll try. <laughs> so we're way out here in rural Colorado. We've said that. Small population, we've mm -hmm. said that, which means a small percentage of people with certain conditions. So living in rural Colorado has its benefits. A lot of us like small towns, yeah. wide open spaces and all that. So, but with this small, the small population, is it kind of part of the deal that other communities also will deal with in terms of cancer care and other types of medical care? If there's just not a lot of people, you just can't offer a lot. Is yeah, it? absolutely. Um, for instance, um, our oncologist even is, um, we finally recruited an oncologist, Dr. Paulette Blanchette. She will be here full time starting September, but she commutes in here. Um, so to recruit somebody, uh, a physician, let's, let's look at another specialty. Um, let's say you need somebody who needs open heart surgery. We're not going to be doing that here because it just doesn't happen a lot. So to have a specialist be here sitting around waiting it just doesn't happen in rural places. It's part of the deal. It's, it's part of the deal. And, and I think for what we can provide here is pretty amazing for the size of the community and the distance that we are from any big major metropolitan area. It is. I, I hate to put it that way, um, but unfortunately, for certain things, we are going to have to travel. I started this program in 2007. 
um, I, I, I was working in, in Montrose and saw a lot of people from Gunnison. And when I left there, I spoke with the oncologist I was working with and I said, I think we could start a small program and, and provide this community a service that just doesn't exist where it's tough when you, when you need get chemotherapy and you're fatigued and you're traveling, like we said earlier, you're spending a lot of money on gas and you're spending money on hotels, traveling through construction and through the canyons and everything else. So we started this program 10 years ago, thinking it'd be very small, and I think it's gotten a lot busier than any of us, any of us have imagined. Um, but it is kind of a downside that you can't look at um, being MD Anderson in Gunnison, Colorado. What services is the Gunnison Hospital looking to expand in terms of cancer care and treatment? And do you have any idea of a timeline? A lot of the preventative services are coming around. Again, I go back to 3D mammography. Um, we, we got that in place thanks to Tough Enough to Wear Pink in our radiology department. We've got PET scans now, which are um, people are having to drive to Delta to get to. We don't have to do that. Uh, we have integrative medicine, which we just started up. Uh, so other services, radiation oncology we are looking into. Again, that's a very expensive service. Um, and so to be able to provide that, like, like you said earlier, if we had somebody that was a donor and came out and said, you know, I've got all this money to sit around, here's what I wanna do for you. Absolutely, we could do it and make it happen. Recruiting a radiation um, oncologist um, for here full time, again, they wouldn't, they'd be sitting around, but we're looking into, there's some more mobile technologies coming out. Dr. Timothy, our surgeon, is uh, actually met with a radiation oncologist uh, a little while ago, so maybe that's something we can start doing on a part-time basis, but we're probably looking 10 years down the road. And I would also say, let's look at, you know, how fast is this valley growing? I think as the valley grows, we will expand our needs based on that. Chuck, is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know about cancer services at the Gunnison Hospital? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the biggest thing that we started here recently is our navigation service, um, which is, again, supported by Tough Enough to Wear Pink. And to give us a call, we can help direct you in whatever you need. If you need financial assistance, if you have to travel, um, if, if there is a specialist, uh, we just referred somebody to a clinical trial, um, came to see us, we looked at what the disease is and uh, looked at the clinical trials and got our oncologist speaking with the University of Colorado, who was uh, oncologist who's running a clinical trial, got her all set up and now she's going to go over there for a clinical trial. So I think the, one of the biggest things is, is let us know what your needs are and then we can help direct you in that um, to fulfill those needs or we can say, nope, we do that here, we do it all the time. Well, Chuck, Gunnison County has about 15,000 people but is larger than Rhode Island <laughs> and in urban Rhode Island, I bet there are about 15,000 people per block if not square mile or so. So you guys do great work with the resources you have and for the number of people we have and I thank you for joining us today. Great, thank you. And that's the West Elk Word. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
To hear this episode again and all other episodes, head to kbut.org and click the Programs tab. If you have an idea that would make a great topic for the West Elk Word, send an email to kbut at kbut.org with the subject line, West Elk Word. Many of you are on the ground floor of interesting, important, and exciting developments in the Gunnison Valley, and this is one way that we can get the word out. Today we've been discussing cancer care and limitations as a preview for Living Journeys Summit Hike and Half Marathon, which will be held July 28th. For the West Elk Word, I'm Chad Rich, and we'll see you out there.